Yeah. And just try to make a make a way out of nowhere. Keeping our heads up. Keeping your heads up for water. Making a way when you can. A temporary layoff. Good time. <laughs> Easy credit report. Good time. <laughs> Ain't you happy? I went all the way ahead. I'm good. <laughs> That's what you need to do sometimes. But we're back, you know. Um, Glad to be in the, in the number one more time. Right, uh, right, right. Now, nah, and it's, you know, like, you know, it's all 50 50, and, <laughs> you know, we're <laughs> glad that we made it through another week of 50 50. Shout out to the homie Dom that's watching the show, man. I appreciate you watching. Already, yeah. Man. Good to catch you on Facebook, man. One of the OGs back from when I was working at Sears. Um, but we want we got a lot to talk about. So this today is the first day of spring, and oh, it's the first or second. This is like the second, second day, day of spring. spring. Okay, well, well, you know, but it's all good. Like it just was snowing uh, right. a few days ago. You're right, and uh, now we get a 70 degree day. <laughs> like like the weather's schizophrenic. Like cash is gonna be sick this year. Like global warming is real, people. Global warming is real. I don't know how to how to put it. Like winter tried to sneak in at the at the back end of the season. It's like, nah, bro, I'm still here. Don't forget about me. Right, right. Nah, and, and, and you know, I I mean, I was tempted to wear shorts today. <laughs> it was that warm outside. Yeah. So, you know, anytime you get one of those nice 70-degree days, it's always it's always good here in D.C. But you know how we always kick off the show? Uh, what is your blackest moment? Yeah. We, need to, we need to know your blackest moment, my man. Um, but I think they have this general context and, and theme. I don't know if you want me to go first or you want to go first. I'll go first. Because we, we do have a general theme that, you know, that we, we talk about the youth who are the promise of tomorrow. And we both had some interactions with uh, youth this weekend, uh, young black youth. Um, one of my teacher friends invited me to be uh, a chaperone for uh, the youth poetry slam. Uh, at Bus West Post, they do it every third uh, Saturday in D.C., and which apparently was a pretty big deal because the whole group from Brooklyn, New York, came down to the sports center. Like, they bust their kids down there. And so to see kids from the ages of 12 to, like, 18, I assume 18, kids kids look old to me, man. I couldn't tell. Like, kids, when you six foot three with four beard and mustache, I don't know how old you are anymore, man. I was like, you a grown man to me, you know what I'm saying? Like, like if I saw you on the street, I got to fight you like a grown man. That's what I'm thinking in my head. But that's just me. But they're doing their poetry. They're spitting their thing. And what I appreciate about that was just all this blackness on display. It's how my young boy went down there. I think the boy was about 16, 17. He had his uh, a little college uh, jacket on and everything. Uh, planning to go to where school he's going to go to in the fall. And one of the Brooklyn students went up on stage. And the girl goes, oh, I wrote this poem. I'm 14 years old and da-da-da-da-da. And as she's spitting, doing her poetry, she's sitting right next to another girl. That's about five foot ten. They dressed in the nine. I don't know what they, the Brooklyn kids was about to do after this right. program. They was going out. But they was going out. Look like they was about to hit the club. Honestly, like they had the best and finest club gear. And as soon as that poem was over, Young boy scoot over next to the other girl, like, you 14 too? I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I see what you're doing, young man. I see what you're doing. And then I found out that Snapchat is go hard. Those yeah. cats is 
exchanging that Snapchat so fast. I was like, God Do damn. Do you remember the days of pens and a the piece of paper? Was, oh, my God. You had like, to remember a number. Uh, yeah, oh, oh yeah. my God. Yeah. I remember you going to the fair. Uh, I don't know. Did y'all do fairs in Louisiana? I mean, they had the, they had the little Louisiana Baton Rouge fair yeah, type thing, yeah, but, yeah. but I wasn't going there. I I grew up like you know we had New Orleans. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, as, as a teenager, the fair was the joint, and what you try to do was strategically place yourself on a ride that a bunch of people had to be on the seat together in line. So yeah, tell you boys, no, 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 fall back, fall back, fall back. <laughs> <laughs> and you're trying to count the numbers like one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Wow. <laughs> one, two, three. That, like, that's like, a level. I, I never, yeah, I never got to. Yeah. That level. So, like, all I do is Snapchat. Like, nah, I got to engage in a witty conversation. We're going to be in the line about 20 minutes. What you going to say? My 60 year old brain was not very smooth or suave. Sorry, you uh, said 60 year old brain. Oh, 16. 16. Oh. Wasn't suave at all. So, I'm like, what can I say to this girl? And this dude is so ahead of the game. I was kind of jealous. He's like, yo, da 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 da. Da, da, da. Oh, let me get that Snapchat. Some people got that song. Some people got that song. Some people got to learn it much, much later in life. Man, so, so my blackest moment was, uh, shout out to the Zai Zeta Omega chapter of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Um, they had me MC their oratorical contest, but it was still visual arts, performing arts, oratorical, um, and they given they gave out cash prizes to youths who competed in this um in this event, and I think the coolest thing was, so I have a couple lyrics that I took with me. Oh. Um, guy rapped. Uh, shout out to Isaac. Um, he said, uh, we all toast. I'm just browner. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, I messed it up. <laughs> so that was, that was mine. But then he said, we're all just bread, but I'm toasted. <laughs> and we're all just toast. And I'm a little brown. Um, so I thought that that was like, I was like, man, that was like one of um, most memorable things. But what it did was it kind of, the, the level of awareness that young people have with the social issues that are going on, oh, like yeah. it was mind blowing. Like yeah, like yeah. hearing these poems, it's like I, I hurt. And I'm like, wow, like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 34, 35. And they let me know that I was old. Yeah, I'm 34. So like they let me know how old I was. They were like, oh, no, you old, bro, you old. Yeah. And so it was just really, it was really cool because we had dancers, we had people doing artwork, and the thing was like, why Black Lives Matter, past, present, and future? So, you know, I, it was like I wanted it to not be such a somber tone, but it's like, yeah, like, this is like a huge... what it is. Yeah, and just the level of awareness that these kids, like, I was like, yo, if you're following this on Twitter, Facebook, or anything like that, you're tweeting or, or on Snapchat, like... Hashtag wokest teams ever. Hashtag Zyze Omega. So shout out to all the teams. And, of course, you know, I pub that Red Room Collective because they had a couple spitters in there. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and uh, I was like, look, guys, the first Saturday in April, like, y'all give me a call. Like, you know, you know, and I, and I tell young people nowadays, like, I don't want to be one of those people that blow smoke up their ass and tell them, like, hey, uh, I'm going to be here volunteering and doing all that stuff. Like, I'm going to do what I can and what, what I can't, but... Uh, I, I made a commitment to volunteer at the Boys and Girls Club. There was two different Boys and Girls Clubs that were represented, and I'm going to start volunteering there next month at least so, at least once, like at least getting there once a week just to come through and just say, you know, what's good and let the kids know that whatever they need, you know, we were there for them. And because, um, you know, I still feel young. 
And then the other thing was, um, the other thing was that if you're not doing that now, you know, you know, like find some time and, and maybe volunteering is not for you, but find some time to do something like whether you can donate to some causes like Boys and Girls Club, but um, invest in invest in the youth because they're very aware, like they're more aware of what's going on in the world. Because I feel like, you know, they have social media. We didn't have social media there. So, you know, there were probably people dying and doing all other stuff, you know, while we were while we were younger, but we didn't catch it. Uh, so yeah, so it's definitely out there, and it's definitely a thing. And and so shout out to those kids that are like, man, I was blown away. Like they had this guy with his artwork, and he was like, this is the tears that we shed, like Mike Brown's tears. These are Trayvon Martin's tears. Yeah, oh Lord. And like, and these are white tears we don't care about. And oh, I was God. like, I was like, I was like, damn, you so woke, dog. Like a hotel brother, hotel brother. So. So yeah, it was really cool. Like I was inspired, man. I left there and I was just like, I gotta be able. Like I emailed the guy from from Boys and uh, Girls Club today, and I was like, yeah, we gotta set up a meeting and sit down. I want to, I want to like try to set up a fundraiser for you in the future. So yeah, you know, I'm gonna try to set it up. I'm gonna try to try to well, do right by this kid. What, what part of the city? You know, I mean, you already know Mississippi, uh, uh, Alabama, uh, Mississippi South, some South, Southeast. Yeah, okay, I mean, no, I got both of them. So they had two. They got two different ones. They had uh, up the, the FBR. Yeah, the FBR one, like FBR club. There was one, and then there's another one that was like uh, something like I want to say like slaughterhouse team that they were calling. <laughs> like they were so old. Cool. But the, look, they had this one guy named Zion. He got up there and he did a PowerPoint presentation. I was like, that's what I would have done. I can't. Wait, wait, I can't sing, rap, dance. Or draw, but this dude put him a PowerPoint with cuts in it with him drumming in oh, the cuts. Oh. So it was like he had like this whole, and I was like, yo, that was me. Like that would have been me. And he was like, here's the history. So he was showing pictures of like the the Lincoln Memorial, and he showed the African Memorial that was built way before. And he was like, I'm not saying they stealing, but. <laughs> So, yeah. hey, right, so the Washington War Memorial, and then so this this this, <laughs> this uh um like uh, a structure that was built in Africa. He was like, I'm not saying it was stealing, but let's just let the pictures do the talking. Um, I appreciate the the youth because I know I deal with like elementary kids, and we try to get them rapping on the mic, and it's like when the kids is like, I'm chilling on my computer, or why the cops still be shooting. <laughs> with the Migos flow right. kind of, I'm like, oh, whoa, bro, hey, don't think no black lives matter. <laughs> I'm like, yo, <laughs> but it's like black lives, like saying black lives matter is like the new catchphrase in the in the entire in the entire thing. It's like, yo, we got to show black lives. Not big fans of Trump. Oh, I do have a tell to retort. Okay. That made me just kind of made me words. <laughs> words, 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 words. So like. For whatever reason, uh, I caught myself trying to catch that one extra episode of Iron Fist last night after I worked out and everything mm-hmm. like that. And so I fell asleep on the couch. Thank God I didn't sleep too hard because I would have been late for work and everything like that. But I uh, I go up, it's probably like 4 something in the morning. And I'm laying in the bed like, yo, that means I got about an hour mm-hmm. before I need to get my behind up. I hear all this kind of sh- shouting, get down. Get on out. Get down. Where is he? I was like, yo, why is KP got his goddamn TV so goddamn loud? Like, turn that mess down, B. Like, I'm asleep right now. 
when I go, I'm like, no, it's not coming from that direction. I look out my back window. There's seven police officers. Wow. And there's a guy under my neighbor's deck. And I'm like, holy. I'm like, I want to go to sleep, but I have, have to, to watch this. this. I have to watch this to have document to. what may happen. Have. What may happen. And they pull the dude out by his boots under my neighbor's deck. And I know my neighbor has a dog, and the dog might be boo-booing over there. So I don't even know what's good. And the spiders and stuff. I know spiders be the easier words when it comes to the cops. Right. But, you know, fears. And whatnot. <laughs> but they just shouting. And it was like, and they pulled him out. Dude with a hooded dashiki. No. <laughs> Under the deck. I thought about you. I was like, we don't mess with hooded dashiki dudes and all that. And they was like, what? Like, like dog food, I was like, why you run? Why you run? I was scared. I was scared. Don't give me that bullshit. I'm like, I was, it was so much. And you the, the, you the, guns record, were, the guns were drawn, you though. Didn't record? I, I didn't know what my phone was. I was, so, I was like, I didn't know. Like, like I remember, I barely how made this it not your, How is this not your blackest moment, man? I, I forgot until this very moment that, that this happened at 5 freaking o'clock in the morning. And I was like, I know the rest of y'all got to be up because all the police cars got to be at the front of the house. Right. I'm at the back of the house. Y'all got to be up hearing this commotion. But like seven cops in the backyard, homie, dragging a dude out by his feet, guns drawn. I'm like, I know they ain't about shooting this residential neighborhood. I know these jokers. I know. I know. I hope that's just for show. I hope that's just for show. The show sounds for us. But I, I was like, this is absolutely bananas, my man. And yeah, I guess that is my blackest. Yeah, that would be. Moment. That should be. Uh, 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 yeah, that, that should be. Man, it's hard coming up with your blackest moment. So many black things happen throughout the life. Sometimes things happen last minute what before else, you go uh, to work. What else you been like? What, <laughs> what else, what else, else, else you been experiencing, man? Like, hey. <laughs> God dang. Yeah, I was like, yo, does this happen a lot when I'm not home? Like, like right, like, like at 5 o'clock in the morning, like when I'm sound asleep, is this what's going on? Hey, yo. Thinking bro. about while you guys were sleeping. Oh, God. Dave Chappelle dropped his new comedy on that Yeah, I bought, dropped two. Two. He gave you a twofer. That joke will be going for 10 years and hit you with two across your forehead. You know, I, I got a chance to look at a little bit of it. I like it. I like I'm not, you know, I think the only thing that worries me sometimes about Dave Chappelle's comedy, um, like, people do give him that pass, and, like, it's comedy, but some of the things, like, that's teetering on, like, the rape and the stuff like that, it's kind of, like, not funny. Like, like, yeah, you don't want to joke about that. Nah. And, and, and I, I'll say I understood that wholeheartedly because I, I know a lot of people who've been victimized. Like, like, I, right. like, like it's, it's like way more than I would like to know. I've been victimized. And so I heard those bits of it. But I think even when he was talking about it, it wasn't even like he was telling jokes. He always had a, a every comedy act I've ever seen of his. He goes through moments where he's just basically talking to you right. about right. about racism. I I had a chance to see him live in Atlanta, Georgia. I was so close. I was on the very front row. I could, he was standing oh, over me. He was, was going to make fun of you. Like, yeah, like, see, 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 hey, see. hey. And, and it was like 30 minutes of like scripted comedy, and then he did like a full like hour and a half of just off, off the cuff because he's making fun of people in the crowd. 
people yelling and all that. He's like, he's talking smack back because, like, yo, this ain't being video say, my man. I can. Right. I can, <laughs> I can do whatever I want to do. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. But he went through telling the process, like, when he had first, like, this was probably like 08. He was like, yo, they said I was crazy because I went to Africa. Like, why would I not go back to my roots and try to reflect on things? You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, and then it was like, I knew things was really, really crazy because I got to meet, like, real white people. And it was like, I know you white people out there think you're real white people. But nah, bro, I'm going to tell you what it really is. They invited me over to this house, and all their lawn specialists were white. And I was like, holy moly, <laughs> what is this time to step in? I was like, yo, what you mean? Everyone working on the lawns and everything with white hands. No Hispanic or black people. Like, I hired white folks to do this mess, man. And he was like, they, 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 I met the people who are the boss of the people who are the boss of the people, sat me down and talked about that money. And I was like, yo, y'all got me uncomfortable. Y'all want me to compromise on things I don't want to compromise on. And he was like, he had to walk away. You'd rather peace of mind than than to do it the way they wanted him to do, which he felt he Right, nah, but, but, but we're glad he's back on um, the comedy special. He is on Netflix. I think the one of the smartest, like, one of the slickest, smartest things that he did in the, um, in the, in the piece was, uh, like, he was talking about how he was pitching. Did you see about he was pitching the movie? <laughs> pitching the movie. About the, about the, about the superhero yeah. who could only save lives by, like, by, like, touching and tapping, <laughs> uh, yeah. tapping a woman's vagina. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then that gave him his superpowers, and then it's like, so he had to, like, he basically got yeah, to a point where he had to, like, rape, rape to, to save. And then he tied it all in to, like, Bill Cosby. And I thought that that was, like, uh, uh, yeah. I thought that was a stroke of genius that I had never that I had never really seen. That's um, that's, we, we breaking it yeah, down. Yeah, I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. Spoiler spoiler alert. alert if you... But whatever. But, but he does it in a way that I don't think many, many could. Like, I think Richard Pryor definitely opened the door to talk about race in a way that was very open and right. raw. Uh, and just to uh, say, what, say what it is. Um, and but he, I mean, he tackles it all. And, like, he can be that very lewd kind of... Right, yeah, you know, like, humor, yeah. but he also is very much conscious of what's going on in the world. You know, and, like, you know, his, uh, you know, he was giving us a little take on, on the, um... Uh, LGBTQ. I have to make sure I get all the letters yeah, yeah, community, and he was like, he's going to each letter, and he was just like, <laughs> like yeah, you know, like you know, he was like, like I, I don't want to give it away. Yeah, watch yeah, the, yeah. watch no, the comedy. Watch, 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 watch the comedy really special. It's, it's actually really he, good. He still got the juice. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the juice, so talk, talk about OJ a lot. <laughs> right, right, right. Speaking so, of the juice, yeah. so we're, we're talking about kind of like like you know broadly racism and stuff like that, but. I don't know if you guys in the audience or or have seen that uh, there's a lawsuit against Power 105.5, which um, if you're not familiar, that's the Breakfast Club with Charlemagne and and all those South other Carolina. all those other folks uh, uh, was Angela Yee and, and, uh, and uh, it, it, not on that one. That's uh, Rosenberg. Uh, and so so yeah, so now they have a, a lawsuit that's been filed by some of the white employees claiming that they're always passed up for promotions and things like that and they experience reverse racism reverse racism every day at, at work and I'm just like, Oh, you don't like that <laughs> Like that's my first like, Oh, that, that's a oh, you don't like that. 
that's a fucking problem right. now, right? Welcome to my world. And right, like, 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 oh, you're <laughs> just dealing with this? You're just yeah. now dealing with this. Um, that that kind of like was like, yeah, you know, that was like a, a eye opener. That I don't know, like white people be getting in their feelings sometimes, and you just be like, like, what the hell? Quickly. Like, like, do y'all not see what's going on in the world for y'all to get in y'all feelings like that? Quickly. I think that goes back to the Dave Chappelle thing. The most poignant thing I think he said was talking about women getting up in arms, white women getting up in arms about being discriminated against. And it was like, hold, slow your roll. Y'all was up on the heights too. You just upset with your cut. And I was like, holy shit. That's the realest thing. That's, real. that's, real. that's a real statement, man. <laughs> it's like, you that's are a part football. of the heights too. So you are just upset with your cut. So I ain't like, yo, like, like, yo, I understand you upset. Nah, son. <laughs> I can't even, I can't nah, even. Nah, I mean, I've, I've actually seen white women come in to stuff that says, like, for minorities and, like, argue you down that they're a minority. Uh, and then, like, I worked at a community college somewhere where, like, the majority, you know, they have to set outside money for minority contracts. And, like, 60% of that was going to white women. Why, why white women? Been on the come up for some years, man. Right. No, like, absolutely. It's, it's, it's very interesting. I know I, uh, the thing about the reverse racism, I'm like, you got to understand the situation. Like, while I'm working at a country western radio station, like, I'm just dope. I can program really, really mm-hmm. well. I'm programming. But I'm not really super enthralled with right. the music. Like, I'm, you, I'm not, I don't know that. Like, you want to be on the Breakfast Club? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you want to be a radio host on the Breakfast <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Club. Like, like I think that's always been the issue. White people have been included in so many things for so long that they really have conniptions when they're excluded from something. Like, oh, why can't I do that? Like, it don't always got to be about you, bro. It don't always have to be about you. Always trying to explain something and do some other stuff. It doesn't always have to be about you. Sometimes we let the black folks do the black thing. Let the Indian folks do the Indian thing. Let the like they like they taking their common sutras and they uh, Hinduism and and let's, let's do some Buddhism. Like right. quit taking other people's stuff. Stop it. That quit being cultural. Very good. Very good time. Like yo, let people do what they do. Oh, I got those do. Boxer brace. Nah, you don't. Those are cornrows. Yeah. You jerk. Right. <laughs> We're taking our stuff. Oh, man. We're the greatest with rock and roll. Nah, we did that. Chuck Berry. R.I.P. Chuck Berry. R.I.P. Chuck Berry. Like, quit taking our stuff and claiming it that you did it better. Stop it. Yeah, that, that's the that's crazy part to me. Stop it. Like, I ain't never seen a, I've never seen a white person do something that black people did first and do it better. Always, but they always claim I'm it. trying to think, like, not basketball. They've been Columbus. They've been Columbus. Not the game of basketball <laughs> or football. Like, I'm trying to think of something. Nah. No. Nope. They they Columbus everything. And I'm like, yo, that just some things just need to be for the people who started it. Like, like I'm not about to do no drum circle, bro. Right. I'm not about to do that. So, what's, <laughs> so a whole different subject. So, so what's your take on... Um, black folks always celebrating the first person to do something, like the first black person to do something like that. Like, what what's your take on that? Like, uh, on, like do we need to celebrate? Because, like, I'm reading this article, and, and shout out to Nancy Abu Bansara, who's making history by being placed at Johns Hopkins University Hospital and in the neurology department. She's the first 
black female neurosurgeon resident resident at John Hopkins. And, you know, John Hopkins is one of John John Johnny Hopkins. <laughs> uh, John Hopkins is uh is you know very well recognized, like one of the top medical schools. So you taking old, old Benny Carson's spot? <laughs> ah, hopefully. I mean, hopefully she won't be there being Carson. But I was just thinking, like, I was just uh, thinking about, like, you know, right, like, hashtag Black Girl Magic, but, you know, like, why is, is I, it important for us to, like, always be celebrating the first to, yes. to do something? I think it is important to celebrate the first and uh, all these other uh, key points is that, as far as American history, I won't say uh, world history, even though they have some points I need to point to, too, uh, with the whitewashing of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Like, and them not even including Egypt part of Africa and on some maps and regions. Like, what the hell is that about? Like, oh, that's part of the Middle East now? Like, nah, nigga, that's still Africa. And Africa is black, so stop it. But as far as American context, they always try to push the narrative that this is a white nation built for white people doing white things. And so when you start breaking down, like, oh, actually, the very first person to ever be on the North Pole is an African-American, Matthew Henson, mm-hmm. which is a very weird thing for a black person to do in, in I, retrospect. <laughs> no. Cold <laughs> brother. Extra cold. The cold right. it could be. Right, right. <laughs> I'm I, like, yo. It, he had to want to do it. <laughs> It's like, like, yo, he looked right. in that Guinness like, what, who, who, even no Guinness Book of right, right now. Like, who's the first, first one like, to do this? Like, like, yo, like, yo. Like, ain't no brothers did this? <laughs> That's what I'm going to do, like, dog. Like, no human had done it in modern history. Like, I'm pretty sure some Inuit or Viking probably made it up there, but we the first one to document, like, yo, I was here at the po- uh, at the Polar North Pole, uh, Magnetic North Pole, Black man from America, which I thought was, was mind-blowing. The fact that we were there with Lewis and Clark. That, like, Lewis Clark was out there chilling by himself. Nah, black man was with him, too. Like, quit denying that we aren't intricately woven into the fabric of what America is. So many, I, I used to laugh when I was younger. I was like, is it just me? Or did Americans invent everything? And then and it felt like African-Americans made about 70% of those things. We didn't make the light bulb, but we made the filament to make the thing better. We made refrigerators. We made uh, lawnmowers. We made right. sprinklers. We made golf tees. We ain't even playing golf, but we made the golf tee. It's like very weird things that we're accredited for that, like, this is blackness and all the totality that we're a part of this thing and quit denying. Anything you think is uniquely American, black folk, rock and roll. The food we eat, rap music, jazz, all that. <laughs> rap, jazz, all, all, all the music, all the culture, all the food. This made for like cats on the periphery, man, and just gotta appreciate appreciate that. Man. I, that's, I mean, that's real. Like I, you know, I'm, I, I, I don't know. I, I stand on the the whole. You know me. I'm I'm big on. Do we need to be out here giving? Like, I was having to give, a, you know, give awards or give accolades to the first person that did stuff. And, like, who's who's giving us the accolades? Like, I get celebrating it within your own community if you're the first person to do something. But I, I just always operate under the idea, like, you know, you know, there's always got, you know, yes, there always has to be a person. And maybe we do need that as the, like, as a trailblazer or something so we feel like we can smash through or blaze, a, blaze a better trail. Inspire. Yeah, or inspire, you know, like, first, like, like first black president. I get it. 
Yeah. Like, cause that's something I don't think, like, in our in our heart of hearts, and like, like especially like the civil rights generation and their heart of hearts, like when Jesse ain't do it, they kind of had to feel like, all right, this 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 ain't gonna happen. <laughs> like, like you know, and. You know, and even in our generation, we kind of felt like, 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 nah, ain't no, ain't no, you know, like, like D'Angelo on the wire say, ain't no, ain't no white man on no money unless he be president. Like, <laughs> like you know, like, I, I didn't feel like, right, right, like, I didn't feel like that was going to actually happen for, 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 for black people, you know, black man, I, I thought a black woman had a better chance of becoming president than a black man. So, let's see how this this thing goes. And I think it's so important now than ever that we just embrace people to to inspire them to, to be great. Um, and say what you want. When black people do better in America, America, all of America does better. Like, so many other doors get open. Like, white woman, you're welcome. You are welcome. Now you get in on all those minority contracts because yeah, black people went and fought for black, black, these minority contracts. Yeah, because because you know your main argument of suffrage was how you let them niggas vote before us. Well, you know, and you know, Susan B. Anthony said like, yeah. Susan B. Anthony was like, like fuck that. Like if I had to, if I had to, like, like if it came down to suffrage between us and, and these black women, like nah, they don't, they straight, they just, it's just us. And, and like it's, it's amazing how those things are kind of engrossed. And like in the way like the history books painted, I thought it was gonna be like a black man becomes president, and then a white woman's gonna follow soon behind. That's just how the history books kind of kind of goes. It's black man, white woman. That's how it kind of goes. Then we but, wait for a long time for like, black women. But you like white white people so catty. Like all right, so the black man who was like. The, I'm sorry, with, with the like the perfect black man. Yeah. I like, yeah, they let him, they let him get into it. But uh, white women, like, I found out how, pe- how petty white women are. <laughs> like this last election just showed me how petty white women are. Like they are the the pettiest of all. Oh, the pet- of they all real. petty. They ain't real. Like like this election made me like lose respect for about half of them. And since it's half, that's the number so great that I got to round up and make it a majority. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like, I mean, one, you get one, up to one, like, yeah, that's, that's a good round. One, 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 one out of two of y'all ain't real. Like, right. like you don't support your own. Like, like I think about think about the gay community. I know I've said this before, but if there was an openly gay president, the gay community would have rolled so hard. Oh, there's no, there's no, there's no way they wouldn't have. Like, and that parade would have been lit. But there, there probably has been gay presidents. Oh no, this clearly yeah. like all them bachelor presidents. Yeah. Who got roommates? Yeah. Like that's my buddy. <laughs> Chief of staff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, 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 they first lady. That's the homie. That is the homie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They first lady is they need. Like, I mean, I, I read the history. Like, I read all the presidents. <laughs> History. So like, yeah. So like, like openly gay. Yeah. 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 Like like secretly open, gay. We've had secretly yeah, gay presidents. Bunch of oodles, yeah. oodles of oodles. Scandalous presidents who take the wife and everything like that too. Uh, them boys don't care. I mean, hey, it is. They do what they do. Yeah, man. Say, so, yeah, I mean, hey, it's just it's it's like where we are and and like where we are now. 
as a country is just so far. So we are like into like we have we made a hundred days yet? We made uh, days. I think I think it's like April, and like I've grown kind of numb to it. I don't yeah. even pay attention unless something completely outlandish. It's happening. Well, I mean, outlandish things are happening every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so you could be paying attention to it because outlandish things are happening every day. Uh, just just recently, uh, you know, with the whole wiretapping, we talked about that last show, the whole wiretapping type conversation, and they launched an investigation. And, and lo and behold, what did the investigation find out about Trump and his ties to Russia? Like, yeah, they tapped Trump Towers back in 2011 because the Russians were wanting an illegal gambling <laughs> ring out of Trump Tower. <laughs> and so, so those, those phones were tapped. there with the Russians. And just like even the optics of it, where, first of all, it feels like we're back in the Cold War of some sort. Uh, but we're losing. It's bad. Like, like it's like we're in the Cold War and they placed the Manchurian Candidate. Yeah. And so, like, you know, if y'all haven't watched, if y'all watched the movie Manchurian Candidate, y'all get Which the Which one, the new version or the old it version? It doesn't matter. Denzel in the new version is fine. All white people in the old version. <laughs> so It's actually fine. I'm okay fine. with all, yeah, I'm okay with all the white people being in the old version. So, thinking about the, the Russian ties, to know that Comey is actively pursuing investigation. He said as much, like, yeah, nah. But there's Russia ties. But then you have... Uh, but I Rex- just felt like he was in on it because uh, of the, the, the stuff with Hillary Clinton. Like, I, I just don't think he liked Hillary Clinton. I mean, he thought that he could... I think he thinks he can dispose of Trump quickly. But I'm, I'm, I think he's realizing himself that he ain't no Jay Edgar. So is this a power play for Kobe? Like, uh, it might I, be. I'm trying to he, figure he, that he, one maybe out. Maybe trying to imbue his inner Jay Edgar Hoover. Because you know Jay Edgar was like, nah, run if I don't like you, I don't like you. Yeah, you're running stuff. I got to get rid of you. But the interesting thing is, you know Rex Tillerson, right? Yeah. He canceled his meeting with NATO. Secretary of State Rex, Rex, Tillerson, Rex Tillerson. Secretary of State. A very big meeting with NATO that no Secretary of State has ever missed. He can't make that meeting. He'll send one of his, his little underlings, mm-hmm. undersecretaries. I don't think they call them underlings. Yeah, undersecretaries. They go this meeting. But he is going to make it to the Kremlin. And we like, yo, I know that it might not be what you think it is, but the optics look real, real bad. I mean, you don't, you don't go to NATO, but you go to Moscow? American like, optics have been just looking bad since January. <laughs> like, we got, we got nothing. We got no, like Right now, it's the... It's, uh, Yo, yo, let's break it down. Uh, KP, when were you born? 1982. Mr. Brown born in 84. We came up in the era where every villains in the 80s movie were who? All right, they were Russian. So when the hell did we start cozying up with the Russians? It was either Russians or a black man. That's, that's all. That's like number one, number two. That's how it's been going for the longest. And we looking like, yo, bro, wait a minute. We was all behind that. Like, then you cry when Apollo died? We all cried. We all cried. Like, yeah, like, yo, yeah, you're right. Like, like I've been Drago, you mofo. You, you mofo. If he dies, he dies. Like, what? No. Like, you can't kill Apollo. We wouldn't have had Creed if it wasn't for that. That joke if there was Apollo Creed. Nah, I just, I don't, that's such a black name. It's great. Right. Now, well, like, I, anyway. I just feel even. I, I'm just like, what the, what the, what the, what the hell is going on? 
Like and, and why 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 aren't white people up with Exactly. That that's the crazy part to me. Like white people hate Russians. They hate they hate other countries. They hate so like why aren't we because is there so then I'm thinking like, okay, so what's the money tie in? What's the money play when it comes to all of this? So that there has to be there has to be a money issue behind this. Like who's who's gonna lose out to where that they're gonna spend this to the American public like this is just okay. And I think we're kinda of stuck in a lot of the uneducated masses being very much controlled by the top one percent and power and money and and, like, and, and for the last so for the last ten years all you've hear, heard from people was they're trying to dumb down the population, they're trying to dumb and everybody's like, nah, college is more accessible to everybody now. And they literally dumbed down the population to where we got. So I feel like, like this is the greatest chess game that we're on the losing side of right now. Like, even think about this. The most educated people in this country are in the most debt. They don't got time to be trying to voice their opinions and all that kind of stuff. Like, I shout loud and I'm losing my job. I would be be homeless. Like, 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 like. It's been very strategic. I don't like the talk. I appreciate uh, you doing the show every week. Yeah. <laughs> when they find these tapes. <laughs> when they find I, these I videos. Like, like, I don't want to talk. But I do find it interesting that the people with the most access to knowledge are in the most precarious situations as far as debt and, have, and the will to have to work jobs in a certain kind of way. And not rock boats, can't ruffle feathers. You got to make sure your social media is one way. You can't be at certain marches. You can't be at certain this yeah. because if you lose that job, right. you one step away from being homeless with a degree. Broke, 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 broke. We ain't you got know, it. I, you man. know, I don't be caring. I, I, I know you don't. Like, like my wife gives me a hard time every week. She like, don't say nothing that's gonna get us all fired. And I just be like, you know, I absolutely don't care. And, and, and that's a dangerous thing. Cats who don't know, I always like to give the heat and uh, credence to our grandfather and read the book, Witness to the Truth, written by John H. Henry Scott, John H. Scott, Witness to the Truth. And the passage in that book, like, he was doing, working for civil rights in Northeast Louisiana, him and another preacher named Reverend Atlas, who had a lot of farm and a lot of cotton that he needed to be ginned. And our Reverend Atlas got hurt very bad financially when the white people were like, yo, you can't talk that talk. We're not going to gin your cotton. So all the cotton just rotted in the field. Yeah, that was but tough. our grandfather, it made me always appreciate independence. He was a trapper. You can't control where the mink go. You can't right. control where the, I can catch mink anytime. I've never seen a mink in the public. You probably kill them all. Like, what last time you see a, a wild mink running around? I wouldn't I even know. know that. Like, don't you just <laughs> kill squirrels for that? <laughs> like, like, what the hell does uh, a, a mink <laughs> look like? You know what I'm saying? So, I, uh, but he got to be independent. And control his own destiny. Right, and and, 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 Reverend, and Reverend Atlas didn't. And Reverend Atlas' family like suffered for like like he lost generational wealth being on the right side of helping his people. And you know, it's like like sometimes you just gotta be all for that. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, there's a comment in here that says you know America, uh, 
hey, hey, Pastor Bates, um, America is in transition right now. It's, it's redirecting, but but which 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 way are we redirecting? Like what 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 way are we transitioning? What way are we redirecting? And and so and so like that's the that's the that's the bigger issue. I think it's always been. I think this is a, a good pivot that when black people with money, when they they're rich but not wealthy, not mean they can't control their own destinies. They're not really controlling their own means of wealth, uh, money making. How when you stand on your, your own, the powers that be will turn their back on them. And I say that because Colin Kaepernick did a very courageous thing. And he knew that he was liable to lose out on millions and millions of dollars taking the stand. And now he's out there without a job. He's looking like he don't really care. Right. So, kudos, kudos to him. But, you know, like, like that's what happens but, when you but, take a stand. But that's the thing, though. He opted out of $12 million himself. Um, I want to say stupid, but no, no, every, no, but, but I think he wanted the freedom. Like, honestly, I think he can become something bigger than an NFL football quarterback. I, I, yeah, I don't think that's his destiny. Yeah, so. like, I don't, yeah, like, like, and, and, you know, he's got the Barack Obama pedigree. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, man, he's talking a little too hood for me, though, man. You, you got working as a dick. Man, what? Respectability. Oh, he, oh. Respectability right, he doesn't too, speak well. Man, get off it. Like, I, I would mute your microphone for this. <laughs> Respectability, he don't speak. Oh, he don't speak well, so he can't represent us. Like, nobody nah. speaks well. I don't know what he speak like, but maybe speak like a. a I mean, the thing is, so I mean, the thing West is, County? I think the only thing that I ever had an issue with Colin Kaepernick was so it's with him saying that he doesn't vote. And and I'm like, I exercise voting, not necessarily because I believe, like, this vote matters and all this other stuff, but because, like, God damn it, my grandfather got shot. Shot over it. Your mom almost died. Right. My like, mom almost died so it. I'm oh. like, yo, like, the least I can do to pay respect for them riding in that car when the Klan rode up on side of them and pumped shotgun slugs into the car is to freaking go vote. Go vote. Like, like, it, like I, I hate people who complain about stuff who, who ain't even did the, the smallest civic duty, which no. is vote. I ain't saying go to the meetings, sit in your county council. At right. least Dave Chappelle goes to a city council meeting. Like, that's something yeah, he, he does. Will, he like, will like, show like, up. Yeah, like, 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 that's what he does. But, like, you complaining that, oh, I can't believe they're doing it. Like, yo, vote. Like, like people vote more and contribute money more. Guess who don't have potholes in their street? I know that's a small thing, but I hate hitting potholes. I'm just saying. I mean, them, them I mean, joints, them joints suck. Who get better trash service to their community? You know what I'm saying? Like who, who, who actually get like some real decent policing for the community? You know? And it needs to take. On, I'm, I'm going on a tangent. Mm-hmm. It needs to take the police out of the car and start doing that walk the beat. Type joint that that true. So, so, so he can reason. walk and beat up. No, nah, no, because you actually know the people. That's not that's no, that that's a that's a that's a TV show myth. That's a TV show myth because you got a racist white cop walking the beat. He gonna bust as many blackheads as he want to bust walking the beat as he does driving the goddamn car. Like like that's a wire. That's a you watch the wire. You see McNulty walking the beat. And you like <laughs> that's what we need. No, you need to stop all these racists from being hired as police officers. Like you can have walking you can have anybody walking the beat as long as they not they don't believe that 
black people are inferior to white people, or that black people are inherently doing something wrong. But, so that's the that's the problem. But but racism is ingrained into American society. I read an article just for like fun. It was like a bunch of things America does that shouldn't exist or anything. It was like it started off with stuff like uh, why the engine is in the front of the car. Like when engines should be in the middle of the car. It makes more sense to be more balanced. I read that already uh, too. Oh, you read, I read, I read, I read that? that too, yeah. yeah, but the thing about like tipping. Tipping was something that was considered uncool. That's what you did for lower castes of people. But they introduced tipping after the Civil War as a way to get over on black people. Because now I can say, oh, I don't got to give you a minimum wage because you get tipped. And that was a way to undercut people. And know what tipping still does? It undercuts unattractive people and people of color. You said unattractive people? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, they got studies. Like, the more attractive you are, the higher your tips will be. And so unattractive people who work in the tips. I did not. I, yeah. I had to read that. Yeah. We had to post that part. I need a fact check on that. Wait, you don't think ugly people get less tips? I mean, I think ugly people work harder for the tips that they get, so they get more tips. Then why don't even put ugly people at the front of the register at McDonald's? Think about it. That's not true. Man. The, man, the ugly people always I, I worked at McDonald's, man. They put you in the front or the back? I, I did both. So I guess you was average. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I guess you was average. I guess you was average. I worked the. I worked the. Real for you. I worked the front. I worked the grill. Like you know, McDonald's yeah, taught me I'm that. I'm just saying. You, hey, we we you, we you were living want, together last summer when I was working at McDonald's. I'm just saying you don't want an ugly person being the first thing someone sees when they about to eat some food. But ugly, ugly is so subjective, though, man. I know, especially when we compare it to European standards. So it makes a whole bag of other stuff. Going on, man. Oh, yeah. And that just affects our pocket, man. Hashtag Baker McDonald's. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, uh, I'm just trying to keep it real with you, 90, folks. 99, 2000. How tipping is still strewing us. All, I, all that, way I was, but I'm but that, that was a that was a real strong pivot from okay yeah. from uh <laughs> uh police walking the beat like that does yeah. something. Does something like show me that study where police walking the beach. I'll that's just, a, that's just a, that just sounds like a that's just some things that you hear some black people on TV shows saying. I, I, I had to read it for grad all, school, I had to read it all, all the time. They're like, right. And when we were that police used to walk our beach and know our names, and that now you probably had a black police officer who wasn't just out here trying to mess over a whole bunch of black kids. Yeah. Like, that that's the that's the, the issue. Yeah. That that's okay. the issue. It's like, um. Like yeah, yeah. Who who's your police officer? But who's your police officer out here trying to just mess over? Like the standard needs to be the police contract that gets signed, um, quotas in the police that they have to make these number of arrests and generate this amount of revenue. Those are the things that we're looking at. That's what makes black people more, um, like because right. pre like uh, um, um targeted because they need to make these quotas. And for them, black people, easy pickings. And you don't do it, and you don't do it to your own. And I think you got to be able to call a, a bad, but, but, a bad, a bad. So wait, we got, well, we got a comment. Community policing is the key. What, what? Explain, describe community policing to me. What is the? Tell me the definition of community policing. Give me a second. Like, like you, 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 you can look it up on, you can look it up on, on Yahoo. You were talking about community <laughs> policing like that is not like. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> if you got the wrong people in your community policing, then it doesn't matter about community policing. All right. So community policing, according to 
the Internet. The system of allocating police officers to particular areas so they become familiar with the local inhabitants. Okay, so you can come familiar with all the local inhabitants, but if you're a racist, you still don't like your local inhabitants. If you, so, so, you get put in a black neighborhood and I'm a racist. Here's a suggestion. What in order to be a police officer in a particular district, you actually had to live that in was, that district. And that w- that used to be the case until they started losing police officers because they was like, yo, we don't want to live in these districts no more. <laughs> No, true story. Uh, I know. I'm just trying. Yeah. To get, I'm just trying so, to get solutions. So, so we're talking about. No, I, I'm. I'm. I am outlining what the solutions need to be. <laughs> One, legit psychiatric evaluation. They need to do background checks on police officers and look at their social media. Like, don't come after he's killed a black person and say, "Ooh, he, he got racist." Yeah, like we got these racist text messages like from him. So, like, no, that needs to be a part of the background check. One, we need to eliminate these quotas and having counties that their whole budget to fund the police are based on how many arrests they make and how much revenue they can generate from their arrest. That's 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 huge. I think it goes. I think it goes deeper because I think the way like American society has, American media has painted a picture of African Americans that even black police officers have inherent biases against. Uh, black people, just look at Sheriff Clark. That joke is nah. That okay. That crazy. That Negro doing that for the money. So I'm not gonna give. I'm not gonna give Sheriff Clark any love. But I will say this. Like I think the media, they I think they set out to try to generate those images so that we would like so that we would have these images. But I will tell you this. Like yeah, I know some black police officers are harder on black people, but that's tough love from your community. I can take that. Like the black teacher being exactly, I could take that. I could take that, but because I know for every person that he's giving tough love to, he's giving some some people breaks. Yeah, like they shoot shoot man right. last night and in see, front of my and, house. And see that that's and that's the and that's the bar. They didn't shoot him. Not <laughs> that's the bar though. Not right. Not that they just gave him a break. No, nah, they didn't shoot him. So so yeah. So I mean we could I I mean we we could do a whole show and I could sit here and I could just rant about. About police and and you know y'all know my, my best friend was a police for was a police for a Holy. good period of time Holy. like the police <laughs> but I take my cues from him like I listen to his stories and yeah he was tough on like because he was tough on black people sometimes but he would say this he was like I love taking white kids to jail <laughs> he was like that was one of the highlights. Of my day, and no black, no, I'm seeing black cops can be racist. You can't be black and racist. You can be biased. You can be biased. You can be prejudiced. You can be a bigot. You cannot be a racist. You're not in any system of yeah. power that you're running. Stop it, Malik. You know better. You Cause know you, better. Cause you know what I'm biased against? People still cars. <laughs> right, right, right. You were sitting in the jail. You got to go. To jail. <laughs> now look, if I was a police officer, hell yeah, I'd be bigoted and prejudiced against white. I'd take every white kid to jail. I no slack, writing them the longest tickets ever. Yeah, no, I would do. White women. Oh, you thought you was getting off, huh? Oh man. Oh, you took a bad little eyelash. Nah. Nah. Son. No, no, you going to jail? Yeah, you go. No, you going to jail? You going to jail going now? To jail. <laughs> but let's but let's keep it real. Let's, oh, oh. Uh, speaking of police. Guess who's popping in the rap game right now? Nah, wait, hold on. <laughs> Snitching Ricky Ross. Snitching Ricky Ross. 
no, no way. But I want to address. I know. I'm sorry. No, I want to address I, I, some I, of the comments. So we got the police force is a, is a systematic force against black people. That is. No one's been watching the 13th. That, <laughs> that is that is a true story. It is it is, but it's against. It's it's against black people, but it's also against poor people. I think it's more of a a, a, a function of. I think cause, because you have areas where there are not a lot of black people where all the poor white people are going to jail, too. So I think it is a function of class as well as race. It's, the police force, depending on where you are, is a sidearm of the elite to make sure that the lower caste classes stay in line. Like, you don't have a large police presence in rich communities, but they make sure that well-funded to make sure the riffraff don't come into their community. Well, I mean, that's housing associations. And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But they got things they got, like that. You got to have multiple safeguards. If you got the money, why won't you have multiple stop gaps so before you actually get I, I, Like, back in the day, it was a wall, a moat, uh, nights, all the other right. stuff. Now, it's like, nah, I got some HOAs. Wall, a moat. <laughs> you got your HOAs, you got your, your gate, you got your security guards. You got your police officers. You got this, that, and there. You got you got a whole commercial section that wraps around your expensive residential stuff. And then we're gonna profile the message if you look poor. And it's very easy when most people of uh, color are poor. So you know you gotta right. think no. of poor people. No, no, you don't belong here because you're poor. Right. Like nah, but I'm black. You're poor. Right. Get out of here. I think that's the biggest problem with the racial profiling because it's very easy to point out. Who doesn't belong? Shout out to the home, homie Mike Barber. He says Stafford versus Gooch Creek. I can't, uh, oh, I can't oh, comment so, on so it. So this, this is the deal. And Gooch Creek, South Carolina, is two high schools. Uh, one is my brother went to Stafford, but it's next to a country club, next to a golf course, everything like that. It had a uh, majority of the, that school was white with black people, a, uh, Hispanics, Asians, mm. uh, so on and so forth. And I think by the 2004, they were on the national news because they did a drug raid when only black kids were there at the time and slammed children on the ground, put dogs on them, and all that, found no drugs. But yet, drug raids while the black kids were there. And the uh, principal, name is McCracken, can't make that up. And he had bright red neck, but you can't make that up. That's my brother's principal. Across the tracks, Literally across railroad Gotta tracks. be across the tracks, though. That's <laughs> my high school that I went to, because they changed the line because my neighborhood wasn't big enough. Like, they, they literally changed it while my brother was in high school because uh, they built another subdivision. They, uh, my high school was probably about 40% white, 30% black, 30% Filipino. Very, very weird. Very strong Filipino. Uh, right next to a, a military base. So it was very, very diverse for... South Carolina standards, anyway. Mm-hmm. So you got a really good understanding. But we were always considered the worst high school. We were always considered, well, someone did die at our high school. But that's neither here nor there. That was at a football game, and stuff happened. You right. Know but I'm trying to get this. I'm trying to get what the correlation, the that, correlation that, that Mike was putting in. That, 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 that we were police. We're seen more as thugs. We're seen more as gangsters. Uh, seen more as poor, white trash. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, the country clubbers, the gotcha, golfers, gotcha. and all the kind. All gotcha, those gotcha, gotcha. kids had cars and stuff like that. And that's how I grew up. I was a kid on the other side of the track, man. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, you know, I went to shout out Scotlandville Magnet High School. State champions. 
State champions in basketball. But uh, used to have like you know like one of the dopest academic programs like ever, ever like to this day. Like I mean, Scotlandville education takes you far. Um, but uh, yeah, I I don't know how we were. I mean, we weren't Baton Rouge High. I mean, I guess Baton Rouge High like for your public school would probably be the equivalent of your Stafford High. And, um, you know, but we weren't viewed that way until, you know, and then when they let the neighborhood kids, it, then it kind of like took a turn. Yeah, it kind of took a turn for, you know, but I, look, man, I ain't going to even say like, like all, all jokes aside, man, them kids learn just like we learn. Like I never, there was not one day that I felt like none of those kids, I was smart. Well, maybe when I was going through it, I may have, like, I probably just thought I was smarter than those kids. Just I'm a jackass. No. Nah, thought I was smarter than those kids. That's how family be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, but, still, I still think I'm the smartest person in the world. Right, but, but, I, but, I, but, you know, like, them kids, like, I look and go on to see what some of the kids from high school that weren't in the Magnet program gone on to do, and I like, damn, like, they doing it. Like, like, like they doing it better than I did. Like, I'm doing it. So, I, I don't, yeah, I, I, I have very strong views about, about what kids can learn if you inspire them. There's an op-ed on Ad Reform where they said the key to success, well, there's been many of them. One is, like, don't have private schools. It's one one suggestion. That's what Sweden does, who has one of the top school systems. They don't have private schools. Everyone goes to public schools, so everyone invests in the public schools. And it doesn't matter where you're from, you at the public school. Make it work. But they suggest that you need to have true integration. And they don't mean by race. They mean by class. Okay. And that, that, now, that's interesting. That's and, interesting. It's like a lot of times that those correlate and intersect. But it was like the issues, like when, like a lot of upper middle class, middle class, they come to school to my side, I'm going to college. Like I may be digging around in school, mm-hmm. but I'm going to college. And a lot of poor kids, they don't even think that is an option. But when you combine that kind of sensibilities, you around those kind of people, it makes you think like, that's, yo, that's real. Cause like, like, like I'm going to college too. Cause a lot of a lot of folks went to college. Like my, I would say I would say ninety percent of my senior class attempted college. Like ninety percent, whether it was Southern, whether it was Southern in Baton Rouge, um, it, it's groupthink. Yeah, the, the social peer pressure. Cause in my high school, so different. Over fifty percent of my graduating class joined the military. I'm right by military base, but over 50% of my class joined the military, yo. I, look, I got a shout-out. I got counselors. I don't even remember the name. They, they was teaching us how to flip it. Like, even if you were going to join the military, get in the ROTC, go to college first, yeah, and then yeah. do your little time. You know, like, I had numerous friends that, that rocked that and went to end up going to school for free. So, I mean, like, I don't know, man. Like, of course, education always going to be all messed up. And 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 we'll struggle to figure it out, and and, about, and we'll even struggle it even more under Betsy DeVos. So I'm about to flip again. You know, it's really educated folk right now. Rick Ross. <laughs> like, why are you you been on there? No, I'm, I'm saying if y'all haven't checked out that Ricky Rose, like I didn't even check out all the tracks, but I listened to that. I listened to that Idols Turn Rivals, where you going at Birdman? That, that's I, I, just so. Man, we was having this great discussion about community policing, education, and you just can't, like, you just been jonesing to get in about this Rick Ross. Like, Rick Ross is saving generations out here. Rick Ross's music is saving lives right now. Maybe, man. All right, man. Maybe. All right, man. Talk talk about Rick Ross. There you go. 
Rick Ross. Rick now. All I want to say, I'm not a big Rick Ross fan. Never been a big Rick Ross fan. But that joke is dropping bars right now, bro. Bars. Like, like in a way, like, Rick Ross has been the kind of guy that no matter the track he's on, he always gets your attention. And I do say that for, for Ricky Rose. That not too many people's voices can cut through any beat. That you like, yo, let me listen to what he got to say. Like, he actually make you feel luxurious when you listen to his music. Like, listen to Maybach music. Listen to Maybach music. Luxurious? Yeah. You're right. yeah. No, I love, I, I, I love Aston Martin music. Yeah. Like, yeah, I ride around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Raising down the feet, man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yo, like, so the thing, even with his ad-libs, he kind of brings you in. And, like, I was never a big Rick Ross fan. Like, I'm going to say that fourth and foremost. But listening to, to the bars he dropped, on this album, I think this has been his most vulnerable self. This is like the real Rick coming out, where it's that that character, that fake gangster kingpin he's trying to be when you're a corrections officer and whatnot. But this is like, yo, like this dude is not putting his real films out there, and he was dropping like double rhyme patterns and schemes and like, like Rick, did you write this? Like I literally had to be like, Rick, did you write this? Because this this is going a little too hard. Like, like, I don't know, like, you rapping out of your body right now. This ain't you, bro. You rap 22 with 22 with 22. Come on, bro. 222. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Oh, like, but we got, you man. know, like, uh, Rick, just, Ricky like, Ross dropped something. Drake dropped something on Spotify right now. Drake is done. Uh, I'm sorry. I was, I've been listening to Drake, too. That that joke is done. He ain't got no, he ain't got no ammo. He got to, like, become a dad or something. Before he can like Well, yeah. one of your good friends from the Red Room Collective seems to think that Drake's album is Who? Uh, Which one? Marshall. Mar- Shout out Marshall. because yeah, he looked like because he looked like Drake. Look, 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 but, but hey, look, I ain't gonna lie to you, like I was disappointed. He put this post like, yo, one one of the one of the kings in his classroom was like spitting the Drake lyrics hard and he was like, Dope King and I'm like, That's what we dope king in for nah. right now? Like nah. do better, Marshall. Yeah. Do better. Do better. Do better on what you're teaching these yeah, kids. Yeah. Do better. Like, like, nah. Like, like, Drizzy ain't been good since, like, oh, Mar- since, oh, like, nah. Like, what oh, was nah. nah, nah, like, I, nah, man. He, after the, after the mixtapes, I just, like, he doesn't have the bars like he used to. Drake, if you are watching this, <laughs> Go to her, go to Jasper Max and body this dude. Like <laughs> I want him just to body you so you can get that that social promotion. Like, Drake, he doesn't, like, he doesn't have like it. Drake out here bodying like like, like, like guys like, without the tears. Yeah, he got he got me he got he got me. Don't get me wrong, but the thing is with Drizzy is that now what once felt fresh is now stale. Like he, but everybody he's out here loving this. Everybody out here loving this new Drake stuff. Like they out here loving it. They out here loving it. Like you can you can roll your eyes, uh, I, say what you want. I tell I tell you tell you who I who people I would rather listen to than Drake. <laughs> there's a whole a long long list. Uh, long, long list. Like, I'd rather listen to drum. Like, uh, like, like performing in got he uh, GW here. Uh, oh, like say, at homecoming home? Like, in the end of this month or, or next month. I had to cop that ticket. Like I'll thirty five dollars. That ain't bad. I'll yeah. listen to Sid the Kid with the internet. I'll listen, you know. Uh, I'm listening to Davies. Davies go hard. Uh, it, it's a lot of cats who like spitting bars right now 
that like kind of bring that hip hop back. Like, I go to Amigos concert. I, like, least, all right. Uh, so uh, I'm about to bring this back to. Uh, I'm about I'm to bring saying, this back to the. I just want to say one thing about the Migos. Oh yeah, I like ain't the new too, album. Ain't too many people who changed the game rapid. Like, cat emulated their style. So here they, they started. It. I'm just that's all I'm gonna say. So here's what here's what I want here's what I want to get back to. All right, all right. Here's what I want to get back. My bad. We are in we are in March. Spring, baby. It's spring again. But we are gearing up for like there there are a couple things. One, we're gearing up for another gearing up for summer, another fall, and that's gonna come with elections. Like I, I really wanna start talking and being intentional about um, how how we midterm like like no well, I'm sorry years, man yeah two years, years. Sorry. Yeah, but, sorry, but, but but we need to plan we need to start planning now strategic right we need to be strategic um so so you know y'all were doing this great thing with we in the challenge and so you know I never created a video but I'm gonna take the opportunity to do it right now so we in the challenge right now for me one I am going to go starting in April I will visit um boys and girls club and mentor and try to mentor, because I think I learn more from the youth now than they learn from me. Yeah. Uh, I will learn from the youth uh, starting in April. I will visit youth at Boys and Girls Club, the two clubs that I mentioned earlier in the show, and I will learn from them. Um, that's what that's what my goal is going to be, just to learn from them, because I think they have an awareness that, that I don't have. So I'm in it. We in it. Uh, what I'm committing to do... For as long as I live in D.C., every week I'm going to go and hit these boys and girls clubs up and visit these kids and learn from those kids. And that's what I'm going to do um, going forward. Uh, because I, I feel like, you know, I, like, like, I just feel like, you know, like it's time to like start like investing in the, like really investing in the future. Like I, I'm at like old man age. Like I, I turned 35 this year and I feel so far from it. But I know that like the youth are looking at me like, yo, like, like that's a old, like he an OG now. Oh, like yeah. you thirty five OG now. Yeah. You know, like that, that's that, you know, and that's crazy for me. So, so that, like that's that's kind of what I what I really want to commit to. Um, so I, I've done my we in it challenge. Um, we can cut this part of the video and show it, or I can <laughs> I can come and record something. Yeah, yeah. But I but I will tell you this, like I. Like you gonna be? Don't be your. Don't be your brother. See your brother. Like we need to make America great, right? Oh yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. they all be in on that, man. Like they all be in on that for real. So you know, like next year, 2018, we celebrate 45 years as a chapter, and like that's gonna be cool. And like we'll 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 run some stuff behind that too. Uh, but yeah, so so figure out how to get involved. Um, figure out what you can do to get involved. There's like so many. Like our, our our youth are going through some stuff that I don't think we ever like had to fathom. Like they they're like they got a chance to have Barack Obama and then it switched to this, and then they're so aware of the change. Like the violent change. Yeah, like it's like it is they're so aware of the change, and you know we're hearing new stuff about what happened with Mike Brown. We already know that that was a a, a challenge in itself. So like your black is our like we really want to sit down and think about and refocus our energy on how our platform could be a platform to do more 
in the, the in the community. So if you have any suggestions of things that that you would like to see from us, uh, don't hesitate to send us a message um, because we really want to evaluate and be intentional about creating this platform so we do something bigger, better, bolder that changes yeah. our community. And just saying how important this is, I do a lot of work in the community, and when people now introduce me, it was like co-host of your Blackest Hour, and I was like, yo, that's actually wow. a part of my bio now. And like, yeah, because it does have an impact in what what we're doing. That well, I'm even, still waiting on the day where I was like, like you're from your black and sour. Like yeah. oh, I, 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 I got, I, I got, saw the video. I got, I got, yeah, someone I don't know, but I did get at homecoming. Like I didn't ask any of like my friends from like Morehouse. Of course you did. Of course you did. You just made a blatant admission that you don't promote this show. No, no, I well, did at one point. I did at one point, but the fact like they didn't know, not black folk go. They don't be right. accepting the joint. So like I'm thinking if you don't accept it, you ignored it. But when I get like yo, that black and sour. Though, Y'all boys keep doing what you're doing. And that came from like five different people. That's and I was right. like, yo, you actually realize that I'm doing it. And then when I got into like some argument with some conservative person online, like, yo, D, like you're a teacher and you host a podcast and whatever. Then I'm like, oh, you know? <laughs> oh, you keep bumping. It's one of the wokest, realest podcasts ever. It's like, you know, we don't, like, being black is not a monolith. And, um, so that being black takes on all different forms, shapes, um, sizes, comparisons. Can, can, and Can I do something before we wrap it up? If you are in the DMV area, that's D.C., Maryland, Virginia, and would like to, like, sit in on your black as we do. Or, or, it, or be a, a part of it. Be a part of it. Like, come join in. We don't want our voices to be the one that dictate. Even though, like, me and him are very different in some of our views. We still are still cut from the same family tree, yep. so oh, some of our stuff hey, gonna and, be the same. And as, right? as hard as this may sound, or or, or crazy, I don't like hearing myself talk. <laughs> <laughs> like I absolutely like to learn. I don't uh, like hearing myself talk. Uh, so we we it's all about knowledge. It's all about sharing, yep. and to get those perspectives because your blackest hour is all about presenting the world from a black perspective. Yeah, which I think is one of the greatest perspectives that the world can offer because we are the people of no land. Yeah, yeah. And well, we, we have a land, yeah, but, but well, we don't have right. a land. Right. And so the the fact that I think we look at things more objectively than any other people in the world, I know that's a crazy thing. To no, say no, people, and we're we're always the people. I feel like I feel like there's something that black people are always trying to like make sure everybody is comfortable because I feel like we created like we were the creators of like. Like like civilization, the cradle of civilization. So we always are more accommodating to everyone in the world because we created civilization. Like we are the cradle of civilization. Oh, like like so, think, so think, have to be accommodating. Think about the bonkers thing. I know I said it earlier, but things African Americans have made. They're making hip hop music all across the world now. That came from us. Like I I'm like cats are rapping in French and Spanish. Right. And, their whatever their native tongue is, we did that. That was a really good comment that we just didn't. That I think we didn't see because we said see more on the on the Facebook. If you don't know, we're live on Facebook right now and on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, your Black is Hour, your Black is Hour podcast. Uh, I'm gonna ask like, how did you guys learn about your culture, historical your culture's historical figures, 
uh, since the school system excludes so much of them. Yeah, you gotta have good parents. <laughs> you gotta have good parents. You gotta have good teachers, man. Um, you know, rest in peace, Dr. Mario Videlli. Like, my goodness, man, he taught me. He taught me everything. Like, I didn't know about Olmec civilizations and how. You know, like you know, if you if you want to if you want to say the world was connected to Pangea, you know, like people from Africa walked over to South America, like to South America, like it was like the same same place. So it's like um, we were we were lucky enough to have parents who who family, said, man. yeah, we had family, yeah, parents, family, like who said no, this like you gonna learn, you gonna you gonna learn. Going you know, today. <laughs> I was blessed to grow up in the church. Shout out uh, Pastor Kerry Payne Senior, who's on this show every day. Like he didn't restrict us from Black History programs. You know, he let us put on a he let us put on a play about my grandfather trying to get the right to vote. So like that all happened in the in the balance of, of his church. So uh, we were blessed enough just to have the experiences through church, through um, being at home. You know, I had great. Um, history teachers. I had great English teachers who let me do projects on right, like right. reparations and stuff like that while I was in while I was in school. I was Bill Cosby. <laughs> without the rape. <laughs> Bill Cosby without the rape. I was like, yo, this dude is doing so much for the community. He was like my hero. Like I want to literally be Heathcliff Huxley. That's why we're all sweaters. I was, I was, you know, I was lucky enough. All four years of high school, all my English teachers were black women. Oh, I ain't really was surrounded by that many black teachers, bro. So I got a chance to read. So I think my life is different from yours. Like I got, I got a chance to read books like, 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 uh, satisfied with nothing by Ernest Hiller. Uh, Ernest Gaines, I don't know. Yeah, Ernest Gaines. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I got a chance to read, like, Satisfied yeah. with Nothing. I got a chance, like, I read Walter D. Myers, and those talk, you know, his books talk about the black experience in the Vietnam War. I didn't learn about Walter D. Myers until I started studying education. Oh, that see, like, like those are, like, those and those are the books that I think about, like, that I go through, like, that shape me. Um, but, but I think that answer a big question. You already touched upon it, being very much in tune with the black church that I don't think white America realizes how in tune the black church is to people blackness. Right. Like, you don't even have to be religious to still be connected to the black, right. black church and how it embodies community and how we're feeling and how we interpret the word to express what is going on in the world. Today. I mean, because that's your first black history program. Yeah. Like, it's in the church. In the church, doing all those right. things. Uh, another with me, my mom was a very avid reader, uh, she had books everywhere, so we had roots on her shelf. I remember looking at the Ron Bennett's uh, before the Mayflower. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, I had to read that book on you know, that black. Ooh, you took it back, up. man. You took uh, it back. Yeah, Ron yeah, yeah. To, to read that and to know about uh, Henry Louis Gates, right. to know about all these historians, and my mom was very avid about you knowing your roots. I'm gonna take you to your roots. Right. We're actually gonna go to these plantation houses. Right. So, so being in being knee deep in Charleston, South Carolina, when the Civil War started. You know, like, yo, black people built these beautiful houses. Like, I still want to buy one of those old antebellum mansions to this day just so I can say I release your spirits. I release your spirits. I know they're built on the back in your blood. And, and, your now, blood and now, now I own it. And now, now I own it. Like, like that, it's not the, – the walk past Denmark Deasy's house every single that, day I went to work was amazing. But, and that's, that's the thing. It was like how – like, how it was crazy. It, man. But it was crazy on how deep – 
like how how passionate and deep our parents felt about it. like when they were going through this and we would dismiss it as kids but then like you get older and you're like damn I, I had that same I'm woke. I had that same connection and you know shout out I went to the University of New Orleans uh you know we didn't fare so well in the tournament but my history department was like the greatest history department ever we had Joe Lewis Caldwell we had Raphael Casimir like I had some of the greatest teachers uh uh I, who's the guy who helped with with your mom's book he was a professor you want know uh, oh he's about, uh, the white guy who he's he's in Annapolis. yeah we yeah, just yeah. gave the award uh, we, we recognized yeah, him very but, right but but he was the one professor in the history department while i was there so it was like i had all these great professors in history that didn't like Sugarcoat the truth. It never sugarcoat the truth. Uh, and the last thing I just want to want to mention uh, that got me in touch. Cause I know we got to wrap it up. Uh, my mom was very adamant about getting me involved in other programs. So shout out to both Bear Charles Leadership Council, uh, which sponsored a rights of passage program from boyhood to manhood, where you had to recite, you had to know the Nguzasaba. Uh, you had to know that we did use the libation statement for the motherland, the cradle civilization for the elders from whom we can learn much, for our people, the original people, for the youth who represent the promises of tomorrow, for the creator who represents all things created tomorrow, for emotion, the principle of unity. And like, you know, <laughs> Alpha Bob for Sunday Court was not out of This is big. Your blackest hour. Your blackest hour on the net. I'm KP. I'm Mr. Brown. We'll see you next week. Love y'all guys. Yeah, yeah, you went in. You went in. I was like, no. Yeah, you're still on the black top. Nah, I can't. I, I, mean, I didn't do it at all. Oh, yeah. wait, no, I did. I didn't do it at all. <laughs>